The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there's so much information out there, so I'm bringing on expert guests and sharing my own experiences to help you sift through all the wellness stuff without the BS. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am so excited today to have my friend and my dentist, Dr. Matt Nijad, on the show. I have been getting a lot of requests for an episode on cosmetic dentistry, and I talk about it in this episode. I've been hesitant to do so because I feel like it's such a visual thing where you really need to kind of see what is being discussed to understand it. But I thought that Matt would be perfect to come on and talk about this because he's such an incredible educator, which you will hear in the episode. He's so smart. He is so meticulous when it comes to his work. He did my veneers and we'll put up some pictures of those on maybe social media or on YouTube. And he really understands how oral health is so relevant to our overall health. And he shares about this in the episode, but we tend to think of oral health as something that is separate from the rest of our body, but it's the same circulatory system. So we talk a lot about how lifestyle factors contribute to either good or poor oral health and then how that then affects our overall well-being. And we also, of course, talk a lot about cosmetic dentistry. So a little bit about Matt. He is an expert biomimetic and aesthetic dentist. He practices in Beverly Hills, California. He's a fellow at the Academy of Biomimetic Dentistry, which is the highest level of accreditation possible. He serves as a scientific advisor to mentor and train dentists. He provides education and training in biomimetic dentistry through the Nijad Institute for Biomimetic Dentistry. And he is also the dental advisor on the Birdie Medical Review Board. He's considered one of the top leaders in the dental industry. He's committed to the research and scientific development of adhesive and biomimetic dentistry. He consults with top companies helping develop innovative dental materials and new products. He continues to lecture nationally and internationally. He is a key opinion leader for multiple companies, and he is a member of the ADA Standards Committee on Dental Products. He provides training and education to dentists around the world, and he is just amazing. So in this episode, we talk about biomimetic dentistry and how it differs from other types of dentistry. We, of course, talk about how oral health contributes to overall health, like I said, and also why healthy teeth are the ultimate anti-aging hack, which I think people don't really think about. He also has tons of recommendations on natural oral products. We really get a lot into the lifestyle factors and wellness factors, as well as the cosmetic stuff. So you may be thinking, dentistry? I don't know about this episode. No, it is absolutely fascinating. I know you guys are going to love it. So please enjoy Dr. Matt Nijad. Welcome. Hey, (laughs) glad to be here. (laughs) I'm excited to finally be doing this. I feel like we've been talking about this for a couple years. For those listeners who don't know, which is probably all of the listeners, Matt did my veneers, is it three years ago now or almost four? I feel like it was four years. Twenty, I think it was 2020, okay. right? So yeah. yeah, we're coming up on four. And the topic of veneers and cosmetic dentistry has come up so much when I ask people what they want to hear about. And it's a topic that I've never covered on the podcast because I felt like it's such a visual thing. And I think that when you talk about like facial surgery, people can kind of picture what we're talking about. Whereas with teeth, when there's so much nuance, right, in your work, it's hard for people to get it. But we decided to go for it because so many people wanted to know. So why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about what you do? Because it's different from typical cosmetic dentistry. Yeah. So my background was in something called biomimetic dentistry, which means like copying nature. And a lot of dentistry should be focused on copying nature because you're restoring teeth. It should be natural. It should be functional. So biomimetic dentistry is this whole philosophy where all restorative dentistry 
is with the aim of replicating the tooth and how it looks, how it functions. So it's not just the appearance, but it's also kind of like the longevity, the strength, the seal. It's a very meticulous type of dentistry. It takes more time to do, but that's what I was trained in in dental school. And I basically was so in love with that concept that I knew I had to practice that way. And I didn't see any opportunities to do that because it's so abnormal. Like most of dentistry is kind of like drill and fill, quick turnover, you know, all about profit and production. So I basically had to start my own office right out of school and basically develop this type of dentistry. And now it's become more and more common because more and more dentists want to practice this way. It feels good. It's rewarding. And you know that it's quality work. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important to maintain things like the structural integrity? I don't know if that's the terminology of the tooth. Like, why do you think there is this shift now towards this type of approach? There's a lot of reasons. So like, first of all, if you think about it, when you're restoring a tooth, your goal is to make it better than you left it. And when you're taking a lot away to do a cosmetic procedure or a crown, I mean, everything I'm talking about applies to front and back teeth. It's very like encompassing. But when you take a lot away and you restore it with something artificial, you have this concept that the tooth is less valuable than the space you make for a bigger crown or a bigger veneer. But the reality is the best combination to strengthen the tooth and to look better is to take the least away. And that means when you're doing veneers, you can do very minimal preparation. When you're restoring back teeth, instead of jumping to a crown, you can do fillings, inlays, and onlays, all partial coverage restorations. And the huge benefit to patients is security of the tooth, which includes not losing the tooth. Because over a lifetime, there's this concept I talk about in all my courses. I teach courses on this type of dentistry. One of the concepts is called the tooth cycle of death, which basically sounds very scary, but it's very normal. I mean, if you think about the traditional way dentistry is done, people have a silver filling that gets replaced with a white filling. Over the course of several rounds of treatment, they lose a tooth and get an implant. It's a very normal thing for patients to go from A to B to crown to implant. And that can be avoided by being more conservative at the beginning. You can never bring back the tooth structure you remove, but you can restore the teeth in so many ways and it might take a little more time, but that's the type of quality dentistry that matters for patients because you can prevent that. And I can oftentimes save teeth that people say are unrestorable because when you are doing this type of dentistry, you become a master of adhesion. And there's a lot of teeth that I save. I have a whole lecture on teeth that were treatment planned for extraction and had a hopeless prognosis, but they're now on year eight, nine, 10, and even 12. So 12 years of success. I'm getting a little nervous as you're talking because I feel like, you know, when I came to you, I had had three rounds of veneers, I think. And I went about it the wrong way from the beginning. Initially, when I first did it, I actually did bonding. Composite bonding. Like Composite they just bonding. put right on yes. top of your tooth. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. I just had like a little bit of unevenness in my top teeth that I wanted to fix and I couldn't really afford anything else. So I did that. It was fine for what it was. And then it kind of got discolored, which I think is typical because it's more porous. Right. Yeah. And then I went and tried to save money again Yeah. <laughs> and had my top ones done and they were huge. And mm. then I went to have them done again. And this doctor that I went to said that I should do 22 teeth, right. top and bottom. Right. And he filed the shit out of my teeth. I, I mean, there was yeah. like little nubs, right? And right. then those were not great either. And that was when I went to see you. So I guess three rounds. But what are the implications of, doesn't have to be about me, but like having your tooth filed down to yeah. that? And what is like the maintenance and how can you prevent things like the cycle of death. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So just really quick, I want to mention <laughs> bondings are more porous and they do discolor mm-hmm. over time, but the better, you know, they can be done really well. Like it's a mm. procedure I do. I don't choose to do it like on 10 teeth. I think it makes sense for one, two, four, mm-hmm. but as you get more and more, the advantages become less and less versus ceramic, especially when you do minimal tooth shaving. One of the reasons patients love it is because it can be done very conservatively, but so can veneers if you do the right approach. What is bonding good for? Like, who is the ideal bonding patient? Chipped corner of a tooth, one or two teeth, a trauma where you fractured one tooth. Like, it's very hard to match one veneer to your natural teeth. Mm -hmm. The optical properties of ceramic can be amazing, but they don't necessarily have the same properties of your tooth. So imagine you're 
at a nightclub or a black light or even direct bright sunlight, oh <laughs> you might have one tooth. Like it might be good in some lighting, but not others. Whereas with the mm -hmm. bonding, actually the optical properties of composite are very close to enamel. So that means that under different lighting, you can probably get a better blend mm -hmm. and you can also customize it. Like imagine it's really close, but not perfect. You can just trim a little bit away and add to it. But it does have its disadvantages. It wears faster. And when you're trying to do 10 teeth, this is hand artistry. You know, you're doing it in the mouth. Um, when we do ceramic, we do it out of the mouth. So you can look at it and hold it and look at it at all different angles. Whereas in the mouth, you know, the patient's there, they're getting tired. And so you do it over several appointments and you spend tons of time. But I think the more and more teeth you do, the less advantageous it comes. But when it's one tooth, two teeth, chipped corner, even chipped incisal edge, like, sorry, chipped edge of a tooth, mm -hmm. then it makes a lot of sense because you're not going to go, let's see, that's the frustrating thing. Some people come in with one chipped tooth and the, the dentist who knows that the one veneer is not only challenging, but probably not going to be the best option, starts treatment planning 10, you know, and that's where bonding's perfect. You can do one, two, up to four bondings. You I mean, people do 10 as well, mm -hmm. but it starts to become a maintenance issue. It's not my first choice for multiple teeth, but mm -hmm. for those other options, it's the best. Okay. Yeah. In the past year or so, I have definitely become an evangelist when it comes to protein because increasing my protein and just essentially focusing on protein at every meal and snack has totally transformed my health. So from weight management to better metabolism, hormone regulation, bone health, the benefits of a high protein diet are abundant and most of us aren't getting enough protein in our diets as is. So Enter Chomps. Chomps makes snacking so simple. Their tasty meat sticks are packed with mouthwatering flavor and only the best real ingredients. So each delicious Chomps meat stick has the protein your body needs up to 12 grams per stick without any unhealthy additives and zero grams of sugar. So they're low carb, keto friendly, allergy friendly, and they don't contain any fillers. They are simply made with natural ingredients you can feel good about. And reaching for chomps instead of a protein bar or a smoothie has made such a difference in my appetite, my energy, all of that throughout the day because I used to be okay during meals, but then I would maybe get a really sugary smoothie, which I still do occasionally, or eat a really high sugar protein bar. And then I would get that blood sugar spike and then crash and then I would be kind of starving at my next meal and it was just a roller coaster. Another great thing about Chomps is that they only source from farmers who raise animals humanely and farm responsibly. So they are looking out for the environment and our animal friends. Chomps sticks come in nine flavors, so there is something for everyone. My favorite are the turkey. You can also grab a variety pack to satisfy your whole family's taste buds. Chomps are great on their own, or you can pair them with everything from fruit to hummus to crackers and more for your perfect daily snack. So right now, Chomps is offering my listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash blonde. Go to chomps.com slash blonde to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash blonde. Don't forget to use the link so they know that I sent you. Welcome, Welcome to, to Barely, Barely Filtered, hosted by us. I'm Aurora Culpo, star of the HBO Max show, The Culpo Sisters. Don't tell my sisters I said so. I'm a recently divorced mom of two living in Los Angeles with my ex-husband. I'm part granola mom, part glamorous jet setter. I'm Kristen Gaffney, also a mom, a startup nerd who modeled for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit and the founder and CEO of Super True. I always like to microdose my coffee before I hit up carpool. Welcome to Barely Filtered, our, our safe space. <laughs> Here, we discuss health and wellness, becoming a grown-ass woman, and what's going on in this crazy world. And while we don't agree on everything, we do agree on this. We, we want, want you, you to, to live, live your best in life. In 2024, we cannot be using generic feminine products anymore. I know that so many people have become more conscientious about this because not only are they not good for our bodies, but they're not good for the environment either. So it is time to make the switch to Cora. Cora makes comfortable and effective period care products with clean ingredients. Their pads and liners are made with a super soft and breathable 100% organic cotton top sheet. They are super thin yet super 
super absorbent, so no worrying about leaks. Plus, they are gentle on sensitive skin and made without chlorine, fragrances, or dyes. And aside from the light and airy feel and their patented smart channels for up to eight hours of leak protection, best of all, with every purchase, Cora provides period products and body education to people who might otherwise go without. So I just love how they are giving back. So I feel good about choosing Cora, and I know you will too. You can pick up Cora pads and tampons at your local Target or CVS, or you can have them delivered directly to your door by visiting my special URL, which is Cora.life slash blonde. So right now when you order online with my special promo code, you will get 20% off all Cora products. Go to Cora.life slash blonde and use my promo code blonde. That's 20% off at C-O-R-A dot life slash blonde with promo code blonde. And then back to, you know, having more aggressive tooth preparations. Yes. Yeah. So the implications basically a couple. One, the more tooth so like I said, when you remove tooth structure, you can't bring it back. Okay. You can always remove it later, but you can't reverse it. And what happens is the more tooth structure you remove, the higher the chance that you're gonna have a uh, situation that causes inflammation of the nerve and leads to root canals. That's well documented. So the more tooth structure you remove, the higher the incidence of root canals. Optically, from my perspective, the less you remove, the better, because you can piggyback on the tooth's natural properties and enhance them with a thin veneer. But when you go with something thick, you have to recreate that depth and color and everything. And people do it because it's easier, but not necessarily because it's better. But the problem is the better way, which is the minimal prep, it's harder. So mm-hmm. like, you know, it depends on the skill of the dentist and the technician. It's, it's like really, you have to like devote to being able to do things in a small amount of space planning meticulously. But when you do the other way, when you shave a lot, you have the root canal incidence, you have higher chance of fracture, putting margins, which means where the veneer or the crown ends near the gum, all the way around the tooth, which is what a crown is. That creates more and more problems where it's more difficult to maintain, more likely to fail, more likely to irritate the gums. But the good news is type of dentistry that I do, biomedic dentistry, I restore teeth like that. And I wouldn't say I can make them as good as if we had never shaved that much away, but we can still have a really good prognosis because it it not only prevents that situation, but it also gives us the skill set and tools to restore those with a favorable long-term prognosis and minimize those things. But, you know, I would say any patient that has a tooth that's prepared for a crown, this is in the literature, has a higher chance of a root canal just because so much was removed. And sometimes it takes many years for that to like manifest, but mm-hmm. it's it's a well-documented fact. Is it almost easier for a dentist to just say, well, you need 10 because that way they can just make it all cohesive and it's harder to do that really, like it sounds like, again, more nuanced work where you're trying to match just four teeth with the rest of the teeth or something like that. It is. And so like, that's why I like the bonding for smaller things. But if the tooth's already been prepped for a crown, you're going to a veneer or a crown or something. You can't go backwards. Like, I mean, technically you could try, but it doesn't make sense to try to make a full crown in the mouth. So what you do is the bonding is usually for chipped corner, worn tooth, or just on top of your existing teeth to make them bigger or more pleasing. But a veneer is also being used in situations where you're replacing a veneer or you're doing multiple teeth. I think 10 is the easier way, but it's also oftentimes the best. I want to mention that when you're doing a smile makeover, there's different types of aesthetics. So one type of aesthetic is, let's say you don't look at the patient's face or their lips. You're just looking at the teeth in a photograph. Things can look amazing, but when the patient smiles, if they don't show their teeth, if it's not the right length and proportion, then you would say it has nice dental aesthetics, but not facial aesthetics. You know, it's got to be, there's like four levels of these things. So Mm -hmm. when you're doing 10, you get to address position, size, length, um, color, everything. Imagine you want a whiter smile and you've tried whitening, but didn't work or you want even whiter. If you end up doing four teeth, how does that going to look with the teeth in the back that don't blend? So Mm -hmm. when I do four teeth, even for veneers, sometimes that comes up. I am shooting for matching the remaining teeth. Okay. And I am also trying to stay within my boundaries. Like if the teeth are X length, you're trying to stay within them. And a big problem is oftentimes people try to squeeze out a little bit of extra length and improve the smile on four teeth. Mm -hmm. But now it doesn't fit the rest. It creates functional problems and it looks strange. Patients often come and that's one of the common cases I do. And I try to tell them if it were me, 
I would do more in this case. And I would have told you that from the beginning, but it's tempting mm -hmm. to just try to get, you know, it, mm -hmm. it starts with the one tooth, right? Yeah. And oftentimes the dentist says, let's do four so we can blend it in, but I'll make right. it a little bit longer, but it just looks less and less natural. It seems like so many people approach it through dental, the smile. Dental aesthetics. Dental aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. They're not looking at it in proportion to the rest of the face because especially in LA, yeah. <laughs> you can see veneers on somebody from a mile away yeah. in so many cases because they just have this kind of like one size fits all, mm -hmm. chiclet, very white, one color. very opaque. Yeah, yeah which very. is what I had. Very big. And you wonder like, what, how is this happening? But I could see how it would look maybe better just close up in a picture. But then when you see it in proportion with somebody's entire face, it like does not fit at all. I agree. And there's a couple of reasons that happens. One of them being that they are, sometimes they look good in photographs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, oftentimes it's based on the dentist and the lab technician going with trying to do the same shape every single time, trying to get this Hollywood appearance. And what mm -hmm. I've found over the years is nothing beats nature. Like over time, every trend ends up going back to natural, but beautiful. So we do different shapes for every case. I, I design them myself because when I'm working on it, when you're doing a minimal prep case, you're trying to be very conservative, the littlest space is available. So you have to know the design inside and out. You have to know if the patient, we, we preview every design. So like when mm -hmm. we're doing these things, we do a temporary, I don't know if you remember, we kind of mm -hmm. did that process. And let's say you say, I want this one to be same length as that one. I want to know instantly. Yeah, but when I was designing, I saw your gum levels here. Do you want to get gum surgery? I don't want to go in circles where I just say, yeah, sure, I'll tell the lab to do that. Mm -hmm. You end up getting to a situation where patients just accept instead of educating, showing the possibilities. So mm -hmm. a lot dentists do the same size, same shape. They try to really make it like a production workflow that's focused on convenience rather than quality and being, you know, real customer unique. So that's what you see. And then it drives me crazy when they're one color, you know, like there's different <laughs> materials and we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Yeah. But I don't like, you know, it's not supposed to be one color. You can have white and beautiful. And the goal should be when you're out and about for someone to say, I love your teeth. I love your smile. Not who did your veneers or yes. I love your veneers. And that's what I really strive for and consistently achieve. Yes. I have to, I'll brag on your behalf. Thank I you. was out to dinner a few weeks ago with Chuck's, I guess he's his agent. Yeah. He's at UTA and his wife. And we were talking about veneers and I said, oh yeah, well I got mine done. And they were like, really? Yeah. And I was smiling at the table and trying to show them. And they were like, oh, we had no idea because yeah. they look so natural and we yeah. can throw up a picture of my before and after yeah. so that the listeners can see this, whether you're watching on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok. But I think it's important because you look at the before picture of my teeth and you think, okay, those look pretty good. You know, if you're just looking at my mouth again, yeah. not looking at my whole face, right. but then you look at the bottom and just these differences, you know, millimeters yeah. or micro, I don't even know, like right. probably less no, than that. Millimeters, half a millimeter. Millimeters yeah. in size, you know, the translucency at the bottom of the teeth, they right. look like just teeth. They Natural don't look like veneers. Teeth. Yeah. yeah. And when we throw that picture up, I want to mention like, you look really close at it, there's another level of aesthetics after dental, which is really more the teeth. There's dento gingival aesthetics, which means mm -hmm. the gums and the gums play a huge role. I mean, not everyone can show a little bit of gum when they smile. Some people show too much gum when they smile. There's all these differences. But when we look at your case, notice closely how the gums were like suffocated before, like the, the teeth were like pushing the papilla, which is the pointy area between the teeth. It was pushing it down, creating an inflamed look and a lot of the natural look of a smile comes down to also getting the, we call it pink aesthetics, the gingival aesthetics also in line. It's probably one of the most challenging things because what you have to do is create a biologically non-irritating and acceptable result that the body recovers. And it doesn't happen right away. I have your pictures from mm -hmm. like two or three weeks after we saw you. And I was like, okay, good. But then when I got like, I think it was a year, I have to double check, but like another post-op photo where the gums had fully matured around it, they look just like real teeth. They're being tolerated. The gums aren't irritated. That makes a huge difference in those things too. So that's where the functional side also matters. You can do beautiful ceramic, but if it's poorly bonded, if it has an overhang, if it has open margins, things that create irritation, you're still not going to succeed. Mm -hmm. 
this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right, but sometimes the best relationships happen when both people put in the work to make them amazing. And whether you are in a long-term relationship or you are in a single era right now dating, or if you just want to work on your relationship with yourself, Therapy can be an incredible place to work through the challenges that you face when it comes to all of this. You guys know that I've been in therapy essentially my whole life, but I really got into therapy when I got sober 10 years ago, and it has been such a powerful tool in my toolbox, and not just when times are hard. Therapy is an amazing place for learning how to have more positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It really empowers me to be the best version of myself. So it isn't just for somebody who's experiencing major trauma or heartache or any kind of struggle. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So become your own soulmate, whether you are looking for one or not. At the end of the day, our longest relationship we'll ever have in our lifetime is the relationship that we have with ourselves. And we have to get that right before we can be a good partner or attract a good partner for us. I truly believe that. So visit betterhelp.com files today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash files. You guys probably know I love to cook. I try to cook almost every meal that I have at home, especially dinner, because I just find during the week when my schedule is so hectic and I'm so distracted, I really need that time at the end of the day to slow down and get present and just be doing something that is not involving me being on my phone. Although I do sometimes record the meals that I prepare. And when it comes to my cookware, I need something that is functional and also really aesthetic. So I've been using Caraway for years. I'm sure you could go to almost any cooking video that I have posted in recent years and you will see Caraway being used with so many collections to explore. There is Caraway for every kind of cook. So Caraway's internet famous kitchenware is a staple for any home. It comes in various modern shades to fit with any design aesthetic. And this is so important. And I know that this is something that so many people are cognizant of now. Caraway Homes non-toxic kitchenware features a chemical free ceramic coating. So food can be prepared with peace of mind that no hard to pronounce chemicals will leach into your healthy ingredients. Also, all sets come equipped with complimentary easy access storage solutions, which is so important to help keep your kitchen tidy. Right now, I have a limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. Visit carawayhome.com slash blonde. This deal is exclusive for my listeners. So visit Caraway home.com slash blonde or use the code blonde at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. I want to get into kind of start to finish the process of veneers because I know everybody is curious, but first I did want to ask you, is there a role of gum health in overall health? I feel like this is so trendy right now. Everyone's talking about gum health and you know, kind of commercial dental products and fluoride and the oral microbiome and how it contributes to our overall well-being. So I would love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. So mouth is part of your body. It's the entryway for a lot of different problems. It can lead to, in severe instances, poor gum health can lead to death. There's been people that have died from brain swelling, from untreated infections that resulted in periodontal infections and spread. But most commonly it's associated, it's like a contributing factor to a lot of things like diabetes, high blood pressure, cardiovascular health, et cetera. And so it's, you know, it's, it's a good look inside your body. If you have inflammation from there, it's going to be hard to say it's isolated right there. Mm. There's all sorts of studies looking at these things, but for the most part, it ends up being a contributing factor, not necessarily a hundred percent direct role. Mm-hmm. Lots of things in life do come down to multiple different factors that contribute to them. And this is a very important thing to understand because people tend to think it's a totally separate part of their body, but it's mm-hmm. all part of you. You know, it does end up in the same 
circulatory system. You know, mm-hmm. when, the, when there's inflammation, it gets into the bloodstream. That's how that sort of situation leads to someone getting like brain swelling and death. It's when the bacteria enters, causes sepsis and leads to other parts of the body. And it can also do something called endocarditis where you mm-hmm. can have the bacteria spread to the heart if you have a predisposition. But a healthy person, usually it won't go from like healthy heart, healthy everything, but inflammation of the mouth to that. But you know, it's like the thing that may push it over the edge for the right or wrong person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some things that people can do to prevent that? Just regular cleanings, regular flossing, Yeah. all of that? So you can floss once or twice a day. Once if you're doing a great job, twice if you need to make up. You got to get your regular cleanings because at the end of the day, even myself, it's impossible for 90 something percent of people to bypass getting professional cleanings and do a good job long term. When people do that, they tend to come back with inflammation called gingivitis and eventually periodontal disease. So professional cleanings, flossing, brushing, proper brushing technique is very important. And then you can, depending on the person and their predisposition to these things, they may need to incorporate some sort of rinse, um, the cheap economical ones, saltwater rinses. And I have a YouTube video on that and other options. There's all sorts of professional mouthwashes out there. I really like one called Closis. It's very natural and it does a great job killing bacteria. But for the average person, brushing and flossing consistently is the key. Mm-hmm. And is it true that things like Scope and Listerine kill the good bacteria as well? Because that's kind of what's going around right now on yeah. social. So I don't like alcohol containing ones and not mm-hmm. necessarily all those like Scope doesn't always have that. But I think it does. But the thing is, usually there's there's something going on where they're saying it's not true. But from what I've always learned and what I still believe is the good bacteria populates first. So you kill everything and then the good flora is what populates first. Now, I'm not trying to sterilize the mouth and you shouldn't be either. The real mm-hmm. goal is to minimize the source of the problem. And really the source of the problem isn't the bacteria. It's what the bacteria gets access to. Mm-hmm. Carbohydrates food left behind. You know, a lot of these karyogenic bacteria are thriving on that. They're not eating your tooth. Everyone thinks cavities and periodontal disease comes from the bacteria directly attacking you. No, it's looking for opportunities where food is left behind under the gums, between the teeth. So you can shift the flora by having good oral hygiene and minimizing the plaque, the biofilm, and all the things that are basically the nutrition source for these bacteria. Mm -hmm. And then real quick, Toothpaste, any toothpaste that you recommend? I do, but I don't want to I talk about it because I'm in the process. The one I oh. the one I like, I'm in the process of trying to buy. And oh. until I do that, okay, I've well, been, stay tuned uh, for yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I really, really, I've been. It's been ten years in the making, and wow. I've been talking to them for years, and we're ready to get to that point pretty soon. But that's amazing. Um, short of that, my recommendations are as follows: like natural is always great, first mm-hmm. of all. Fluoride is very beneficial, but I think if you're doing a great job mechanically removing things, you don't necessarily need fluoride. So fluoride helps minimize, or actually I want to say it it gives the tooth extra protection from demineralization, which is dissolving in acid. Bacteria produce acid, and if you have fluoride on the surface of the tooth, it makes it resistant to that dissolving. But if you have great oral hygiene, I don't think you need that, and there's a big trend towards moving away from fluoride. And I do personally agree that fluoride isn't the best thing when you look at it from all other biological perspectives, Mm -hmm. but it does help protect the tooth. There is alternatives now. So I still say that the average patient who has average hygiene should probably use it because it's the most effective. Mm -hmm. But if you have great hygiene, you're on top of it and you're dedicated to it, fluoride can be omitted, but you do want good polish, but you want it to be not too abrasive because if it's too abrasive, you will take away more tooth structure over time. A lot of people are interested in the whitening aspect, which can either be from a chemical, like a peroxide type material, or it can be from that abrasiveness. But the one that I love, it has a special ingredient that is very good at polishing, but without being too abrasive. And that's what's really unique and what turned me on to it. When I was looking at this 10 years ago, I was looking at making a product and Mm -hmm. I found it and started talking to them. And instead of making it, I started, you know, purchasing it and considering white labeling. And it's just Mm -hmm. been a long process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some of the worst lifestyle things or foods or drinks that contribute to either periodontal disease or gum issues or Or even cavities? Like cavities. Yeah. Yeah. Poor oral hygiene, number one. Mm -hmm. Dietary parts would include frequent sugary or acidic beverages. So every time you have something that is sugary or acidic, 
your mouth pH changes and it puts you into a state of demineralization. So if you leave sugar behind, the bacteria start digesting it, producing acid. If you have acidic drinks and, you know, like soft drinks, then you're just jumping straight to the point plus the sugar that's in there. And what happens is your saliva is your buffer. It basically helps to neutralize things, but think of it like that's going to take 30 minutes or so for it to come back. Now imagine you're sipping on soda all day long. You're constantly in a state of demineralization. And so what I see is people that have habits that are very consistently acidic, drinking large soft drinks all day or large, um, so or even coffee, but mm-hmm. with sugar and cream all day long. Like I'm a coffee drinker. And I think that if you minimize, you know, how long you're sipping on it and it's not an all day event, it's perfectly fine. But when you throw, I had this patient, she was putting in we were trying to figure out what her problem was. We were trying, she's like, why am I getting all these problems? And I asked about coffee, but I didn't get into specifics. I'm like, no, that's not it. And then I said, wait a second. This was after like months of trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> she, I'm like, do you put cream and sugar? She's like, I put cream and maple syrup. Uh, Lots of maple syrup. My I'm favorite. Like, oh my God. <laughs> but I mean, imagine all, and she's like, I sip all on day. it all day long. Yeah. It's sticky. It stays on uh, the surface. It gives it the sugar. It gives uh-huh. it the acidity. The cream has sugar in it. So, right. so those types of things. Cesspool. Yeah. That, that's, that's the big thing. You know, like it's, I'm not a big fan of saying like totally, you know, forego sugar and stuff. It's more about limiting it to a normal period of time. You can have a cookie or sugar Mm -hmm. once a day. And also, by the way, you don't want to go brush instantly after. You want to like rinse. next question. It was? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So after you have a sugary beverage, soda, acidic something, any of those things we talked about, your goal should be to rinse out with water, like swish with water and either swallow or spit out. But you want to wait because imagine the surface of the tooth from something acidic is slightly softened. Now you go brush it right away Mm -hmm. and you're doing like an acid scrub. And Mm -hmm. a severe example of that is the bulimia patient. Oh yeah. They're bulimic and they go, they have emesis and then they go to actually brush. Mm -hmm. What we see is very accelerated wear. It looks like the tooth has been like shrunk in all dimensions Mm -hmm. by 30, 40, 50% in a small period of time, like five, a few years, two, three years can already do it where all your enamel is gone, especially on the back surface. Yeah. So that's one, that problem is really the bulimia, but it's compounded by the fact that the first thing you want to do after that is go and brush. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. That was me, by the way. Oh, really? In my twenties. Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. But yeah, I never thought about that because you think it's just the acid from and you want to get it off your teeth. And yeah. so, I mean, not to, you know, the same advice would hold true. You neutralize a little by swishing and you wait. Mm-hmm. So same if you have orange juice in the morning or breakfast or something like that, you want to wait a little bit for things to, um, and it's once or twice isn't a big deal, but if it becomes part of your routine every day to do that, you're going to see a progression over time, depending on where you're starting, that can be faster or slower. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after my morning matcha, yeah, <laughs> where I have my teaspoon of maple syrup that's the only one that I drink during the day don't brush right after yeah I would say don't wait. brush right after yeah okay. I would I'd swish with water or wait about 30 minutes try to incorporate it like I can tell you for me personally I don't put sugar in my coffee but I, I have my coffee I do my workout and then that's when I brush mm-hmm. you know and I, I have some water right before I work out and mm-hmm. so that's just kind of how my routine falls mm-hmm. into play what about tongue scraping tongue scraping is great okay. I, I do it all the time yeah I, I think <laughs> everyone says wake up First thing you do yeah. is tongue scrape. Is yeah, that, that the correct order? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels it feels good and yeah. it does, it, it contributes the most to bad breath. So that, and then you can compound it with like a mouth rinse. Again, I like closest mm-hmm. for that. It's very good at controlling bad breath, but it's not like an overly strong taste. I mean, mm-hmm. it tastes like chlorinated water. It basically just kills the bacteria that's really responsible for that. Mm-hmm. But tongue scraping is an, an essential for me. You know, I'm always, really? yeah, every day. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I feel like people say that you shouldn't get up and swallow that bacteria that's accumulated in your mouth overnight. Is that how it works? I don't personally think so. I don't think, I mean, you have a high pH, very mm-hmm. acidic stomach. I think if you swallow anything that's getting in there, that's different than entering your circulatory system. Mm-hmm. But on the same note, like I do just yeah. get up and want to get it off. For hygiene and yeah. for bad breath. Yeah. And it, you know, you see the stuff coming off that yeah. that's the combination of bacteria. I do it bacteria. too. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, it what, is good. <laughs> what are you using? Tongue scraper or something else? Yeah, tongue scraper. Okay. Some people something use... that I got at Air One. Oh, that's good. So I'm sure it's you know, all natural, organic, gluten-free. Oh, yeah. Is it metal plastic scraper. or what is it? <laughs> it's metal. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. why it's 
yeah, yeah. non-toxic, BPA-free. Let's face it, life can be stressful. It can be overwhelming. And it's not just your mind that suffers when you are feeling tense and anxious. I'm sure everybody listening has the experience of having anxiety and stress and having that make a mess of not only your digestion, but your immune system too. But here's the thing, your life does not have to be a constant downpour. So with Just Calm, the breakthrough new stress soothing formula from Just Thrive, you can say goodbye to frazzled nerves and hello to a steady, serene, more relaxed you. Just Calm's proprietary mood lifting blend is clinically proven to help you relax and breathe a little easier in as little as four weeks. And to learn about this, because it's so fascinating, definitely go back and listen to the most recent episode that I did with Tina Anderson. She's the co-founder of Just Thrive. I believe the last one that we recorded was last spring. You can just search her name wherever you listen to your podcast and we get into the science behind this product. It's pretty incredible. And then if you want next level mood TLC, you guys know I love my Just Thrive probiotic. This is a spore probiotic that banishes bloat and constipation so your gut can produce more serotonin, which is your happy hormone. Plus it supports better sleep so you can wake up feeling refreshed and revitalized. So with this duo of Just Calm and Just Thrive Probiotic, you basically have the ultimate stress fighting duo to help you win the day every day. So right now, when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use the promo code BLONDE20, you can get 20% off a 90-day bottle of Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm. So that is like getting a month for free. And a portion of every purchase goes to Vitamin Angels, which is a nonprofit organization that saves the lives of millions of children and moms to be around the world by ensuring that they get the vitamins and minerals they need to stay healthy and strong. So again, go to justthrivehealth.com and use the promo code BLONDE20 for 20% off a 90-day bottle of Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm. If you're anything like me, you are probably always looking for ways to spruce up your home or your apartment and make it more cozy, especially in the winter. I go into like this nesting mode and my favorite place to go to look for new furniture and decor is Article. Article believes in delightful design for every home and thanks to their online only model, they have some really delightful prices too. They have an amazing curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs. So pretty much any kind of style that you like and it just makes furniture shopping so simple. You guys probably know because I've talked about them and shared them before but I have the Gabriola Ivory Boucle chairs. I got these a couple years ago and what I love about them, well, there are a few things. One, they're timeless and two, they still look brand new. The quality is amazing. The style is amazing and the delivery was also absolutely seamless. They are just so easy to work with. Article's team of designers are all about finding the perfect balance between style, quality, and price. They're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and looks good doing it. And perhaps most importantly, Article doesn't leave you waiting around. So you pick the delivery time. They'll send you updates every step of the way. And Article's amazing customer care team is there when you need them to make sure your experience is smooth and stress-free. So right now, Article is offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash blonde, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash blonde for off your first purchase of $100 or more. Okay. So say that somebody wants to get veneers. Let's just walk them through the process start to finish. Sure. So this is my process. And I I do think I put a lot of time and energy into this process. And I had some training in in dental school that I built on. So first thing is going to be consultation. That's where I can pretty rapidly just get an idea of what the goals are. So if it's to restore one or two teeth, it's a different goal and objective than if the patient wants, like, I don't like my smile. I don't like how it looks. So I figure it out and I can pretty quickly determine if it's going to be a few teeth or 10 teeth, because when you're trying to change the smile dramatically, like length, size, et cetera, then the first step after that is called planning and records for me. That's where I take 
photographs, digital scan, sometimes impression, but a digital scan is like an impression. And I take those records and then I do my smile design. Not the same appointment, but we take all these records. And I also take any preferences the patient has to try to like incorporate. And now like an architect, I design the smile and I do it in a way with, uh, it's called digital design or digital smile design. And I have a software for it. And basically you take the 3D model, you design the teeth, you can 3D print the models. And so I have the design and sometimes I share it with the patient, but oftentimes looking at it in your hand doesn't really show you what it's gonna look like in your mouth. So we do this procedure called a mock-up. And in that appointment you come and oftentimes this means without ever having shaved your teeth, we can show you what the design looks like and why can we do it without shaving the teeth? Because the average patient that's getting this type of work wants longer, fuller, more volume to offset a variety of things, including, I got to mention it now, including lip getting longer with age or uh -huh. teeth getting shorter with time. Yeah. Both of those things happen and people always say my smile doesn't look the same. So when we're doing a design, a lot of what I do is called additive designs. Mm -hmm. And in those cases, I can do a mock-up. But if you have old veneers that are bigger and you don't like them, it's hard to do that mock-up. What we have to do is go to the temporaries, which would be the next step, and then we test the design. But the whole point of the mock-up or the other way to use temporaries is to test the design so you preview it. Then we spend time what I doing what I call design revisions. If you like it, perfect. If I don't like it or you don't like it or we see room, we do another design. We try to get to the point where we have a approved design that you and I like, and then we proceed to making the tooth preparation now. So imagine you've had no tooth preparation. Now mm -hmm. I know how much tooth to prepare based on the design. If I'm adding a lot of volume, I don't need to prepare anything. I just need to have like what's called a thin margin around the edges so that it's like a seamless finish. Mm -hmm. And if you had one bulky tooth or one long tooth, you'd have to shorten or address that so that it doesn't you know, interfere with the entire design. But that's called tooth preparation. Very minimal. I think we should share a photo of what that can look like. Mm -hmm. And then come cementation. Cementation is very meticulous as well one tooth at a time. So let's recap real quick. We got <laughs> consultation, mm -hmm. records, doing the uh, mock-up, which I fall under the third phase, which is testing the design, mm -hmm. preparation, cementation. So mm -hmm. five phases. It can be as simple as five appointments, but if you do two or three designs, it might end up meaning a few appointments. And I always say it's not worth rushing. Mm -hmm. I hate doing I hate the approach where people try to do these designs in the mouth real quick by hand. It takes away so much of the detail that's possible when you actually put the time into doing it well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, just having had experience with you and with different doctors, yeah. the process was completely different because previously I would go in, we would do pictures, they would put temporaries in for two weeks or whatever it was. There wasn't a whole lot of collaboration. Yeah. And it just kind of was what it was. And then they put the permanence in and like, that was what I That's had. Yeah. And with you, I actually have the picture of my digital yeah. uh, mock-up. Oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah. maybe we can share that just so that people can see yeah. what it looks like. And it just was very collaborative the whole way. That's and even I think after I had them in, I think I was like, actually, I want to like shorten this a little bit. And we were actually able to without... Doing a whole impacting, new yeah, yeah, and not impacting like the translucency and yeah. everything. I mean, it was like exactly what I wanted. <laughs> yep, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so with this whole process, the idea is so many patients, first of all, most of what I do is revisions mm -hmm. and I wish it was more of first time, but people do their research more after the bad experiences. Yes. <laughs> I really wish I could <laughs> do so more true. and more initial cases and I'm trying hard for that, mm -hmm. but... When it comes to revisions, the common theme that I'm always hearing is, well, I'm like, why did you accept if you didn't like it? It was like the staff was saying it looks good. It's the first time you're seeing it. You don't have a minute to think. So when I do a mock-up, mm -hmm. I'm not asking you what you think right now. We send you home with it and it's not strong, mm -hmm. but if it's a temporary, it'll be stronger. But if it's a mock-up, it's like a thin shell on top of your teeth. But if you're careful... You can make it last up to a week. Right now I'm working on a dentist friend and he's like, send me pictures. He's like biting into things he shouldn't be. He's like, these <laughs> things are really strong. I'm like, well, they break sometimes. Be careful. But yeah. the whole idea is just your initial reaction isn't necessarily your final decision. You might end up saying, oh, it looks a little too long. But as you go and you start looking and you, people around you see it and these mock-ups look really, really good, mm -hmm. then you can form an educated opinion on it without like being 
kind of stuck with your initial reaction or fear of something like that. Now, imagine the patient that doesn't even get to see them. A lot of patients, their temporary looks like their teeth the way they came in Mm -hmm. because that's what's used to temporize. And they're like, oh, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be all these (laughs) things. And when it comes, you're one tired of the temporary and because especially when they don't look good, you just can't wait to get out of them. Mm -hmm. And then you're like being told by people around you, it looks good. I hear this all the time where they're like, oh, the staff said it looks so good. You know, I thought it was a little long. They said they'll shave it a little. Mm -hmm. But you want to minimize shaving the final veneers, the detail on the edge. There's only a little bit that you can adjust there. You want to spend your time designing before that because if you adjust more than half a millimeter, all the translucency is gone. You're not making the whole top third of the tooth translucent. It's just that thin little half millimeter. So Mm -hmm. this is what happens and people end up with even, by the way, when you shave the edge, it becomes thicker and thicker looking because the tooth gets thinner as it comes to the edge. And when we shave it in the mouth, it's hard to control that and get the same polish and finish. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of the common theme. Yeah. I remember the time that I did them before you I got my temporaries put on right before Christmas break. So I was going to Turks and Caicos and I look at pictures now. (laughs) I look like I had dentures in. like they were just uniform straight across huge and they were nothing like what was the ultimate result when they put the veneers in. Yeah. But it's alarming because it's so expensive. Yeah. It is so expensive and it's so expensive to redo. So if anybody is listening and they're either trying to shortcut it like I did the first time or they're just not doing enough research. Like what's that saying? Do it nice or do it twice Yeah. (laughs) or do it right or do it twice. Like I just, I think this happens in cosmetic surgery too. Like obviously these things are elective. They're very expensive and you know, there's sticker shock and it's like you try to find a workaround and then you end up having to redo it. Absolutely. And the other reason I notice a lot of people end up redoing it, which is one of the ones that doesn't get enough attention. It's that when veneers are done, depending on how much tooth is removed and depending on how it's cemented and how much time is spent doing this, they come off. Like, you know, patients yeah. are saying like, I'm always like my, my common- Mine came off a couple of months ago. The right. one of the ones that you didn't do. Yeah, you know, exactly. Let's clarify <laughs> On that. a protein bar. Yeah. A protein bar. Yeah. I was like, I was chewing something and I thought that it was an almond and a perfect yeah. bar. And I was like, that is a really hard- almond. Oh my God. Thank and God. then I felt my teeth and it was one of my bottom ones that we haven't redone yet. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily we were able to cement it. But the problem yeah. is even when I re-cement that, it's not the same. Like there's some techniques that go into making the veneer stick on the best that can't be done after the fact. One of them is called immediate dentin sealing. And when you have a veneer in hand, you can't really do these things, but I can still give it a pretty good bond. But the best bond that's possible is so good that as of now, and I want to knock on wood if I can find any, I don't, (laughs) yeah, there we go. Maybe. I don't, I've never had a veneer come off in 14 years now. And so that's like my oldest case is 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And that's not coincidence. It's because of those steps. But a lot of the cases I'm treating are one, because they don't like how it looks. And two, because it's like, I can't travel. I feel like they always come out. They do come out. Like patients Mm -hmm. always have them coming out. And when I tell them, That doesn't have to be the case. There's always some skepticism behind that. But my favorite question to ask people after the fact is, what do these feel like? And the common answer I get is like, they feel like my teeth. They feel like real teeth. Mm -hmm. But before, even on the patient where it didn't come out yet, they always felt like it's like they described it. It feels weak and it's Mm -hmm. hard to put exact science behind that. But I think it comes down to it's the adhesion is weak enough that they can feel that it's not part of their tooth. It has a little bit of independent movement and pressure buildup. And when you bond it well, that can be very minimized. I'm not saying it'll never, ever possibly come off, but Mm -hmm. I think I'm cutting down the percentage chance of that complication by well over 90%. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of something that you said a few minutes ago that I just want to touch on quickly, which is the philtrum gets longer as we age, teeth get shorter as we age. I was actually introduced to you through Dr. Ben Yeah. So if somebody is thinking about getting cosmetic work or getting a lip lift, they should do that first, right? Before they do dental work. Depends. Depends on the situation. So 
in this situation, um, there, there's a few different case types and Ben and I have talked about this a lot, but basically there's some cases where there's only so much length I can add naturally and we're trying to get maximum display. So I'll put that there and he has a little more flexibility on how much lip augmentation is going to be done or how much lip lift is going to be done. There's other cases where we will just put that mock-up on, show him what I have in mind, and he can end up doing the surgery based on the mock-up being in place. Then I can fine tune after because I might have a little more room to add a little more length mm-hmm. if they're, you know, depending on how the soft tissue or the lip heals. Mm-hmm. So there's no one way to do it all. We've done it both ways where patient had lip lift before, but generally what happens is when it's identified that the lip lift is going to expose teeth in a way where it's going to be too long, like especially with those veneers that were really chiclety and long to begin with, then the goal is to get it into a more natural size so that the lip lift can be based on kind of a more natural end result. Mm. Let's talk longevity. What is the longevity with your type of work? Work. Mm -hmm. So what I believe, and I mentioned 14 years is my longest so far, Mm -hmm. and I can tell you, honest no complications like veneers coming out, a little bit of chipping over a 10 year period is possible. So what I always try to explain is when you bond it this way, it's as close to a permanent restoration as possible. But when you say the word permanent, I like to say, think of a permanent tooth. Take anybody out there and look at 10, 20 years, 10 to 20 years of aging. What are their teeth? What happens to their teeth? If they're very careful, they're wearing a night guard and they're taking care of their teeth, Maybe not too much, right? But if you are clenching, grinding, and you have a trauma biting into like a fork or something like that, things chip and wear. So I think that 20 years is a fair expectation with adequate care on your part. I highly always recommend a night guard, not because the restorations are weak, but because the average patient over 20 years will make their teeth look a way that they don't like. You know, if you're grinding for 20 years and it's so common, unfortunately, like everyone's doing some degree Mm -hmm. of grinding, then you're not going to like your natural teeth. So now that you invested in it, I think you should protect it. I think of a night guard as an anti-aging appliance because, I mean, you could literally... Sold. You've been trying to get me a night guard for... Night. As long as I've been seeing you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, really, it really, not only does it protect your restorations, but even for natural teeth. Like mm-hmm. I don't have any restorations, but I do wear Invisalign or a night guard. Right mm-hmm. now I'm in the middle of Invisalign treatment. I was just kind of moving some things around a little to enhance it, mm-hmm. but I plan on wearing it. And I was, I hope he doesn't hear this, but I was at lunch the other day with my friend who's a few years older than me. I was with my girlfriend. He was with his girlfriend. And I was thinking, you know, he's in the dental profession. And I was like, noticing his teeth were worn and chipped and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, he really needs to one, protect them. And two, it ages him much more. He's only a few years older than me, but like the teeth have a huge impact on how you look and it's very preventable. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you don't like how it looks now, you should stop it right there so that it doesn't get accelerated and continue. And then you can continue, you can consider, you know, correcting it. But I always tell my, my patients, if you're happy with your smile the way it is now, that's all that really matters. Mm-hmm. But at least try to keep it that way so you don't get to a place where you're not happy with it later. Because my goal isn't for everyone to get cosmetic dentistry. Right. It's for people to be confident in their smile, to not feel self-conscious about these things. It's just to not have something that holds you back. That's the real key. Yeah, I feel like there's so much attention placed on other aspects of anti-aging and just aesthetics and beauty in general. And, you know, everybody is obsessing over like, are my temples hollow and the volume in my face? But really the first thing that you look at when you either look at yourself or you look at another person, you look at their eyes and you look at their smile. Yep. So. I agree might be biased, but I really think it's one of the yeah. biggest, like I see it all the time, nothing else having changed. The smile can, I think, reverse and mm-hmm. people tend to agree 10 mm-hmm. years off somebody, you know, mm-hmm. because teeth can significantly age you past what other things, you know, like skin and face and mm-hmm. all that does. So when you see worn, crooked, chipped, you know, it's just associated with it because it's associated with time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. So my practice is in West Hollywood slash Beverly Hills. It's right on the junction. It's on Sunset and Doheny. Um, You can find me on the website, hnsdentistry.com. You can also Google me, Matt Najad. You'll find my Instagram, my websites, all that stuff. 
We've talked a lot about cosmetic, but I do all sorts of restorative work, including posterior teeth, back teeth, inlays, onlays. My passion is in doing precision quality dentistry. It's not limited to just cosmetics. And oftentimes people don't realize that. So if you're looking for any of that stuff, it'd be my pleasure. And your hygienists are great. Thank you. This is not an ad, everybody, but I probably like everybody else despise getting my teeth cleaned. Yeah. Painless. Yeah. It's also, painless with them. I love them. I'll let so, her know. I love shout that. out. That makes me so happy. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We'll also put everything in show notes so that people can find you quickly. And thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. Really fun. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way. And it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. You can go to ariellaurie.com. And I'm always posting about each episode over on my personal page at ariellaurie. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.